So here's a pretty big weed headline for you. To celebrate 50 years of 420, I hear Leafly is giving away one year's worth of free weed. No way. Yes way. <laughs> That's like my dream prize. Yeah, it's like winning the can of lottery. What would you do if you won, Mike? I would probably smoke weed every day. <laughs> you do that already. Yeah, but it would be free. True. What about you? Um, I would treat a friend to weed every single day. Shh. Oh, Mary Jane, you're such a giver. Oh, it's called paying it forward, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're actually not paying anything. Remember, you get a year of weed from Leafly for free. That's right, Mike. So listeners, listen up. This 420, Leafly is pulling out all the stops. Visit leafly.com for all that is weed and wonderful. And to win that year's worth of free weed, sign up on leafly420.com. That's leafly420.com. And don't forget to follow Leafly for a full celebration of weed throughout April. And by us letting you know we are lowering our chances to win, but that's us being nice and paying it forward. Yeah, paying it forward to our buds. Absolutely, bud. So check out Leafly420.com and best of luck. Best of luck. Freeze Pipe hates pre-roll ads as much as they hate coughing. We'll keep this quick. Instead of cooking with vegetable oil, Freeze Pipe puts it in all their pipes and bongs for the coldest and smoothest hits around. These freezable pipes are filled with glycerin and work to cool smoke by hundreds of degrees. But enough with the ad. Learn more at thefreezepipe.com and put an end to harsh smoke. Visit thefreezepipe.com and use code GRUB for 20% off your first order. Thefreezepipe.com, use code GRUB for 20% off. <sighs> Hello. And welcome to Weed and Grub. Okay, I'm going to try to explain it again. Okay. Thumbs make fingers, not toes. Because if I didn't have a thumb, you would think that I had toes on my arms. The thumb is what delineates the finger from the toe. So you're saying that the big toe is not the thumb of the foot. Exactly. No, there's no way it's the thumb of the foot because it's not even an opposable thumb. Right, right, right. The thumb being the opposable digit that you know makes a primate a primate. Exactly. Okay. And that's why if it wasn't for the thumb, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have fingers. We would just have toe hands. Toes for hands. Toe <laughs> Which would be terrible. It would, well, sure. Yeah, I'm not a fan of toes, so this is like my nightmare. Oh, to have to have like wait. a thumbless world. I would be just so phobic. I would never leave my house because we'd be covered in eighteen toes. Everyone would just have way too many toes. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It'd be a lot. Oh, and then for like mittens, you could. Would you wear ooh sandal hands? No, Yuck. no, I don't want it. I don't like it. It, it is also out. true that the thumb makes the hand presentable. Yes, it does. It gives like the nice contrast of, you know, your fingers look longer next to that thumb. The placement, I think it's very well placed. I like where the thumb is, the kind of low down on the opposite side. It's good. Everything about it works. I approve the design. Whoever came up with that, great job. Of the thumb. Evolution. Nice, nice work, evolution. <laughs> 
great, great, great gig. I always love looking at, you know, when you look at like the skeleton of a... Uh, like a, a seal, you know, and they have the in, inside of their flippers or, or whales, you know, the mammals that have like the same kind of bone structure that we have, but it's in a flipper, but the bones inside are the same as ours. It is really cool when you see a, like a middle finger on us and yeah. it's their long part of their flipper. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's very cool. I think they're called phalanges. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Neat. I, skeletons. <laughs> skeletons are cool. Skeletons are cool. This this episode is brought to you by skeletons. Pretty rad to have one inside me. It fits well. I'm pretty into it. I like the way it feels when I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> when we were on the beach at Big Bear, mm-hmm. Charlotte found that vertebrae. Yes, I of think that it was animal. A, yeah, I think it was a deer vertebrae. Vertebra. Vertebra singular, vertebrae plural. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Man, oh man. Would you be a paleontologist in another life absolutely i love bones and paleontology paleontological paleontological things did you hear about the one who was getting healthy at home oh what was that oh they were riding a peloton oh he was a paleontologist (laughs) yeah (laughs) a paley a paley a paleontologist riding a peloton would be a paleontologist one more time a paleontologist riding a peloton would be a paleontologist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I don't know how that works. It worked well. Oh, great. Thanks. Oh, Thanks mm-hmm. for the setup. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And if, they, um, if they're fair-skinned... Yes. Go on. They're a pale paleontologist. A pale paleontolatolatonogist? Yes. Thank you, Mary Jane. Yes. Nice. We did it. We got there. <laughs> I don't know why that's so exciting to me, but <sighs> cracking that open just made my heart sing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so fun. That's so good. Yeah. A good start. Great start. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the funnest month. I don't think April gets the shine it deserves. It's it's the it's the stoner high season. It's 420 is coming right up. So what up, Mike? What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. And calling shit out. And um, skeleton bones. Great. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you change that up so often because sometimes we say cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, and calling shit out. But sometimes you do comedy, cannabis, cooking, culture, and calling shit out. I say one and know you'll say a different one. Yeah. And then I say one that we haven't said yet. It's like a little trust fall with our podcast opening every week. Oh, with our tongues? <laughs> yeah. A tongue trust fall? A tongue trust fall. I um, like that. I do too. I trust that you're going to be there for me all the, always. Man, I know... That like hanging out with my best buds, mm-hmm. I can really throw some weird shit out there and trust that it's going to make sense to them and keep the ball in the air. It's the best feeling in the world. Speaking of trust and 420, we did a really cool thing with, well, we have so many things to talk about with 420. We should like put them in a little corner and kind of like try and keep it short and quick because there's so much to talk about. Oh, you want to do a one-time segment about 420? Yeah. What, what are a we, corner? Yeah. A 420 corner. No, not a 420 corner. Um, um, Not a smoke... Sesh. No, a hot box. Yo, <laughs> a box to keep your 420 let's, events in? Let's put it all in a hot box. I love it. 420 quarter. Okay. Okay, so I was going to say as far as trust goes and 420 and getting high with friends, getting high while blindfolded was something that I had to have full trust to do with you as my partner and also with everyone around us. Yeah. That was amazing. It was really cool. I'm excited to see that video drop. Yeah. I have never been blindfolded smoking weed before. 
<laughs> I never have either. And it was a really interesting experience to get baked while blindfolded and then take the blindfold off and be like, yeah, I mean, put it back a, on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Where's my hood? Where's my, where's my quiet place? Like I wanted to like, do you remember when you came to that, um, live stream where we did like 500 minutes of constantly streaming weed content and you came through and I was basically sitting in a corner with my hood up and like the drawstring pulled all the way so you could just only see part of my face because I was so baked. I do remember that you went into your own little hoodie hole mm -hmm. to reckon with how stoned you were. <laughs> it was my safe place. I have a sleeping bag that is basically like a slanket sleeping bag that is... I mean, it's like got a hole in the bottom so you can walk around. You know, you, you've seen it, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's, yeah, it's a sleeping bag blanket. Yeah, but it also looks like one of those, who are those tiny, tiny, tiny bugs that are invincible? Tetrons? Oh, uh, a TARDIS. Uh, a TARDIS. No, not a TARDIS. That's the Doctor Who um, transportation vehicle. A tardigrade. Yes, you you look like you're wearing a tardigrade when you go into that thing, and it's very cool because it's an impenetrable high hole of yeah. protection. It's the perfect thing to wear when you get super baked because you're warm and you're comfortable, and you can go into your hoodie hole, but you can still ambulate, you know, walk around, and it's got pockets for snacks. That thing is fucking great. I actually bought that when we were in Portland for a weed event, and that's where we met uh, Jim Belushi, and we were at a costume event, and I bought that to go as a grub. Yes. Yeah. And now it is your safe space. Now it is my safe space when I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> tardigrade. My tardigrade slank it. <laughs> that's great. Um, a couple other things in this hot box corner. We are also doing a huge event for 420 with John Gabris, who was just on our Patreon. It is the 420 Mega Sesh, and it starts at 6 p.m. You can get tickets either on Gabris's Instagram or mm -hmm. through HeadGum. Yep. Uh, or just Google, which I feel like is always a safe place to find things. And it's in our bio as well on our link tree on IG. Yeah. It's going to be a stony fun time. He's he's just going to get ripter and ripter as things go on. And I can't wait to be a part of it. It's going to be a great time. I think it's going to be a great way to spend 420. I'm so excited about it. He's got a fucking fantastic lineup of guests. And yeah, we just get to like hang and get high. It'll be really wonderful. What else is going on on 420? Oh my goodness, so many things. I mean, I feel like I'm just gonna, it was so funny, someone the other day was like, do you want to come over on 420 and like hang out? And I was like, that's the day where every stoner wakes up and hits the ground running and like just runs until you collapse that night. It's it, like- It is. It's, it's almost like making a circuit if you were on the red carpet for a movie premiere. It's like New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Except for weed. Okay, I like yeah. mine better, but sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> I was thinking of it as a celebration, not as a work thing. That's why you're a better person than me. <laughs> you're like, it's work. It's We're purely here to work. <laughs> I was born to be grinded into dust oh, by my, my own determination. Yeah, I, You know, I did call you the doodle-mouth of tasks the other day <laughs> because you were... You were like trying to, I feel like we were just trying to hang out and you managed to like get me to do something that was completely work and task related without me knowing it. And I was like, how did you do that? Like you magically conducted me through being like kind of charming and like a little offhanded about it. And all of a sudden I was doing something that you had just straight up wanted me to do. And I was like, you're like a fucking conductor yeah. for tasks. Yeah. You're the Gustave Dudamel of tasks. Damn. <laughs> I am so full of pride yet so torn by that compliment because it makes me feel really good because I love Dudamel. I I 
man, I love conductors so much. I love them. Ever since Animaniacs, when there was a conductor song on Animaniacs, I am in love with that. But I don't like it because it's a sneaky power that you really got to make sure that you're not doing with people because it can be gross and manipulative. And I'm good at it, but I'm also very conscious of that. And so I don't, it feels like a power that you can use for evil too much. And that makes me feel like a bad person. Well, I think the fact that you're questioning how you use it means that you're not a bad person and that you're aware of it. And also that I'm going to always fucking call you out on it. You know what I mean? Like, yo, it did hurt when you said you're the doodamel of tasks. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't mean it to hurt you. You know what I, I, just, I mean? Yeah. I don't mean hurt, but I was kind of like, ooh, 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 okay. I got you with that one. Yeah. Huh? Well, you know, I have I have a very good friend who we all always used to refer to as the cruise director and was like, you know, nothing can really get done ever until like she shows up and then she sort of arranges us all into whatever we're supposed to be doing and we always thought it was funny and we kind of made fun of her for it and now I sort of wonder like I bet that on some level kind of hurt her because it was basically just calling her bossy yeah and she was the most fun and she got us all to have the most fun and maximize our time together and all that kind of stuff like on a vacation I don't think we ever would have done anything without her being like okay let's we're all getting up and like leaving the house and going to the beach or what you know it was very you know, uh, from I think we all thought of it with a, a fond sort of warmth, but I bet at some point she was probably like, hey guys, like I'm not the fucking cruise director. I'm just another one of you and your friend and don't be... And did you have a good time? So did, why are you making fun of me? And you're welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely good to be aware of that. It's, I think just in general, very good to be aware of friends dynamics. The pandemic has taken such a toll on friendships and all of those friendships that were really accustomed to just being easy and around a lot of them afraid, you know, and I'm noticing that I'm much more sensitive to comments and commentary than I would have been maybe a year ago. Like my skin is thinner mm-hmm. a little bit because I'm not accustomed to having things bounce off it all the time. You're my bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah, same here. And so I think uh, when I get back into um, the world where we're socializing a little more, I'm going to remind myself to just always take time to be a little kinder than I even feel is necessary. I love that. An emotional Peloton. You got to get you got to get your thin skin in shape. An emo ton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or just a tauntaun. A tauntaun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a safe space, you know. Yeah. Like the tauntaun was the safe space for Luke Skywalker. Oh, that's right. In Star Wars. Yes, that yes. is one of the things I do remember from that movie. He cuts open that tauntaun and crawls right inside and it keeps him safe and warm. I'll tell you what. Would have done the same. Probably would have enjoyed it a lot. That looked like a cozy tauntaun. Yeah, I bet it smelled real bad, but it felt real good. What do you? What, come on, who That's, cares? Yeah, so fucking durian smell bad and feel good too. So what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes <laughs> same with sex. So, <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm, sometimes the dirtiest things in the world are the best things. That's right. Oh wait, I'm forgetting. What? Uh, we all are also doing a really cool 420 blank 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 working out the details right now for this blank 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 oh you're announcing something that we can't announce right now but blank <laughs> <laughs> great everybody tune in for the blank <laughs> we'll, we'll drop some details in a blank space at a tbd uh time and fucking we're yeah. gonna be smoking inside a black hole and seeing if we can get high or not i will be in my slanket that's what i mean <laughs> yeah do you think you could get high in a black hole Yes, of course. Well, you you wouldn't really be alive in a black hole. Yeah, okay, but if we were tardigrades, yeah, inside of a black hole, mm. because everything there's no nothing can escape a mm-hmm. black hole, but that doesn't mean you couldn't exhale, right? You could still exhale and inhale, 
Could you even light a bowl? I don't bowl? think you're breathing. I don't think there's any breathing or there's oxygen nothing. or fire. No. Okay, so you can't get high in a black hole. You could hole. get high on psychedelics. Oh, which you don't could require ingest. flame and oxygen. Okay. Yeah. I would just drop acid. In a black hole. Mm-hmm. Would that be good or bad? I think that would be terrifying and not uh, to be recommended. But, you know, if I wanted to get high in a black hole, yeah, choose DMT maybe. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> or maybe that is where you, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. That. Thank you for cracking that open with me. Sure. If you find yourself in a black hole... Your best bet is psychedelics. <laughs> yes, I yes, or your or or maybe not your best bet. I don't know if that would be a great choice. I think if you find yourself in a black hole, um, your best bet would be to get out of the black hole. Sure. Right. You got it. Well, the only way out is forward. Maybe the only way out is psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True that. Wow, you're making me, this is a stoner thought, but you're making me think, what if we are astral projecting from inside of a black hole, which there is no escape from I don't right like now? that thought. It makes me feel anxious. I don't want to go there. Let's move on. Cool. You want to do news instead? Yep. Let's get to the news. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like that thought. I don't like it. The Grubla Gazette, which is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of papers made with sustainable fibers, no GMOs, and no chlorine. All OCB materials are sustainably farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. OCB introduced the world to the first natural rolling paper crafted with pure organic hemp grown in Champagne, France. Just as Mother Nature intended, trust your premium legal leaf to the finest natural and sustainably crafted rolling papers in the world. Don't put your champagne in a solo cup. Enjoy your entire smoking experience with OCB premium hemp rolling papers and cones. I love the cones. Love the cones. Mm -hmm. So good. So visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Give them a follow. They're great people. Absolutely. And if you support us, please support the people who support us and we can all support each other. It goes such a long way. We try and celebrate products that we believe in. So if you are looking for those products, please believe us. We know what we're talking about. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) What's the news this week on the Grubla Gazette, Mary Jane? Okay. So this news is fantastic. Coming to us from uh, like all the sources because it's huge news. But I'm reading this story from MarijuanaMoment.net, which is a wonderful place to get weed news from. Uh, The New Mexico governor has now signed a weed legalization bill, making it the third state to enact uh, marijuana reform within days. Because, of course, as we all know, New York has just passed cannabis legalization reform and Virginia became the first southern U.S. state to pass reform. So, you know, the dominoes are falling fast. Absolutely. It's kind of fun to picture the U.S., and all of these states lighting up at different times in different areas, yeah. all for the same cause. Very, very cool. It's fantastic. So it means that in New, in New Mexico, um, some of the components of the law are adults 21 and older will be able to purchase and possess up to two ounces of flour and 16 grams of concentrates, also 800 milligrams of infused edibles, which is like, you know, not, not nothing. It's a juicy amount. Uh, home cultivation of up to six plants will be allowed. Legal retail sales, though, aren't going to start for another year or so. The target date is April 1st, 2022. Hopefully it'll be earlier. I know uh, similarly in Virginia, they were thinking that it wasn't going to be until 2024, but they're pushing to actually have that ramp up because, you know, all of these states are learning that legal cannabis is uh, not only you know, necessary because it's an essential during the pandemic, but it's a great idea for your tax coffers and also combating all of the horrors and injustices of the drug war. Like this is the way forward and everyone is starting to realize it. It's exciting. Wasn't there something, it's 
state tangential, but mm-hmm. didn't something come out about Illinois recently yes. concerning taxes? So Illinois uh, just reported that uh, there are more taxes coming into the state's coffers from legal cannabis sales than from alcohol. There you nah, go. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> like, you know, it just it's great. It's really wonderful. And it's, you know, hopefully the federal government just, just stops dragging their heels and just gets on board with making cannabis legal at every level so that everyone who has ever suffered from it being made illegal is just immediately released from prison and we can start all, um, you know, reaping the benefits of this plant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so do you want to do a friendly bet right now? Sure. What do you think the next state to go legal is going to be? Uh, ooh, good one. Okay. All right. All right. Do you have one in mind? I don't, but I was hoping you would say something <laughs> and then I would be like, that's what I was going to say. And then it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bet. I would just be agreeing with you. Right. Uh, you know, I... <laughs> the, the dudamel of not having an answer and yeah. foisting somebody else into the position. You to say t- it. <laughs> you say it. Well, what I will say is that we do have a guest coming on here very soon who is a fantastic cannabis lawyer who will be able to explain a lot of cannabis policy to us and possibly give us a little bit of a forecast of what is to come because there is just so much to pay attention to and I don't know anyone better to answer it than someone who's actually involved in the, like the policy and advocacy world. Um, you know, we love to talk about it and tell stories about it and write stories about it, but I'm not someone who actually really is tracking on the national level because there's so much to pay attention to, like who might be next. Yeah. I mean, how about your home state? You know, there's medical cannabis in Missouri right now. What do, what do you think the recreational scene is like there right now? Do you have friends who tell you about it? I do. I don't respectfully... I'm a little trepidatious to answer that because I've got a bunch of DMs from people in Missouri right now. Oh. And some of that is from people who are working on the Weldon Project, which we talked about last uh, episode, Mm -hmm. which is tied into the Koch brothers and Snoop. And so I don't really want to say anything because (laughs) I don't know if these people are good. So I'm going to reserve my opinions until I suss out what they actually want from me. Mike Glazer reserving an opinion. You heard it here first (laughs) on Weed and Grub. (laughs) Yeah. I'd also like to shout out my therapist right now. We had a great session today. Feeling real slick and good. Wow. Wrote those morning pages, dumped it all out. Filters are clean. Soul is pure. Let's get it going. I mean, I have to say, when you showed up to record today, you brought me a vegan BLT and a uh, immunity shot. I was like, okay, this is like some health coming my way with some glowing cheeks and clear eyes. You so better believe I it. I appreciate that, Mike. You're like you're in a good place right now. I'm in a really good place. It feels really good. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm I'm excited to be along for the ride with you right now because we just had like there's so much popping. I mean, in the world of weed and in our world and with our friends and like it just seems like the end of this sort of weird period um, that we've been in. I don't think it's the, you know the the end of all of it, but it feels like we're in a new sort of like era of Another stage of the transition, I guess, is what I'm saying. Maybe we've like crossed over the hump of the bridge and we're on the like that other part of the bridge or like, you know, the suspension bridges that are so fucking scary with the ropes that like go over canyons and stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're past the broken part in the middle where you could have fallen through to the rushing rocks in the river below. You put your foot on that one plank and it snapped snapped. and you grabbed the rope and you go, whoa. And everybody on the other side goes, whoa. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You made it past that part so that that snapped and it fell into the river below and you saw it get dashed against the rocks, but you didn't go down with it. You're past that point now. And you're still far from the other side, but you can see your friends waiting for you. I love that. I feel like that's where we are. (laughs) Very long and complicated um, metaphor. Not complicated, just long. Yeah, just long. Uh, Yeah, right. Not complicated at all. Super fucking simple. (laughs) 
not even that smart. Just long. <laughs> just long. Yeah, just long. But a know, great example. Just full of words. Mm-hmm. I think you're correct. Thanks. Truly. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's kind of how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to get to the other side of the bridge anytime soon. Right. But... I'm I'm like I'm walking a little easier across those planks, and that does right. feel really, really good. And you're looking down to see which ones are rotten now, because you've been scared, sort of like into knowing that you need to keep a very close eye on everything that's going on. Maybe there's a snake like up in the overheads that might drop on you from above. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't control that. You don't know. You just have to sort of like be aware and have all of your senses going. But you, at the very least, you're like watching your footing, and that's not going to happen to you again. Damn right. But there might be sky snakes. Sky, you know. Yeah. You never know with the, the classic they, sky snake. Yeah, the classic. They, you know, they just drop on you. They do. Nothing you can do. Mouth first <laughs> over the head. You ever seen an anaconda just like open its mouth and go straight from crown to toe? No, I haven't either. But I feel like how fun would that be? Anacondas are amazing. Speaking of fucking skeletons, have you ever seen like a? Have you ever seen an anaconda? Only in the film. I've actually never seen a live video of one. Or in a zoo, in like a her- they don't put them in zoos. Herpetarium or yeah, like a reptile. I've seen an anaconda in a Why? reptile zoo. Wow. Okay. Yeah, S- I know. Say more. Please. Not not fun for the anaconda. I'm sure. Although you know that was a lovely zoo, and I'm sure they took good care of everyone there. But they're um, they're surprisingly like they're enormous, enormous, enormous snakes. But their heads are like surprisingly. They're not like a huge fat head like you would expect. Like you know, on a rattlesnake, how their heads are kind of like wide and flat. Yeah, everything's proportional. Yeah. Anacondas like don't have crazy massive heads like a python. They're like kind of uh, innocuous looking. What do their skeletons look like? Any any old snake similar? Snakes snakes are just like one a spine and a head. That's it. <laughs> yep. Oh, cool. I had no idea. Yep. I've actually never seen the inside of a snake. I kind of assumed that it was like an octopus. Oh. Where it was cartilage based. Oh. Um, no, they're vertebrates. Oh. Yeah. Wow, so they expand and they swallow you whole, but they also Well, have... their ribs don't meet in the front. That's how they get so fucking big. So they're like their their vertebra column and then the the ribs come around from the back, but they don't like they don't have a breastplate like we do. Right. So they can expand to fit, you know, a capybara or whatever the hell they had for breakfast. That's fascinating. Yeah. I, that's why I thought they were cartilage-based forms was because they are able to consume a whole fucking deer and you see its legs sticking out of the gut so i figured there was no way they had bones inside them they have very cool and cartilage i believe but yes they are they they are like a a bony creature neat mary jane man you know so much (laughs) it's so cool to talk with you and just be like i learned a lot today (laughs) today i learned that snakes have bones (laughs) (laughs) and then and then if they ended up having like little appendages on them and then that's a lizard yeah oh yeah, snakes are lizards are snakes with feet. Basically. Okay, so to bring it back, because lizards don't have thumbs. Oh, oh wait, but a gecko has a thumb on its front. Yeah, legs. lizards do actually have little thumb-like appendages. So like, have you ever fingers. seen chameleon feet? They're the fucking craziest. That's things. what it is. Not a gecko, a chameleon. Chameleons are the most amazing. Oh my god, they're so fucking crazy, and their eyes can go in different directions. Like they can look in. You know what I mean? They can independently operate each eye. Yes. Yeah. Man. They're the shit. I'd like to come back as one of those. A chameleon? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a good one. If I don't get the opportunity to come back as an octopus, I'll take a chameleon as a nice strong second. Dope. You like things that are um, able to change their sh- their color. Because um, an octopus and a chameleon can both do that. Oh, you made me think about borderline personality disorder. Oh. And I was like, okay, we getting, we getting, we about to do Buzz of the Week and we getting in a fucking quicksand up in here. All right, let's I'm go. I'm just saying you like to change it up. Anyway, let's get to Buzz of the Week, shall we? 
You want to go first or second? Um, well, it's. I'm going to pull it up. I, I'd like to go first, if you don't mind. Please. My butt of the week this week is somebody I met when I was doing BuzzFeed High Guys. Mm-hmm. She was one of the producers at BuzzFeed. And then she created... I'll say her name before I go any further. It's Liz Warner. She's amazing. Follow her at WanderLiz. Liz is with two Zs. She was one of the creators and producers for High Guys. And then she also created Bring Me at BuzzFeed, which, listen to this pitch. Bring Me is, let's show these people on the internet all of the best places and coolest things all over the world, and you're like, bring me there. So she got to travel the world with BuzzFeed and just look at the most fantastic parts of our world. Then she got Forbes 30 under 30. Wow. And now she is the founder and CEO of Gleam Dating, which I think is a fantastic idea. So shout out, Liz. Gleam Dating, you set your schedule, you swipe to match, and Gleam will set you both up on a 10-minute video date. It's LA only for now because they're still working it out. But just the idea of going on Tinder and having to deal with all of that. What a nightmare mm-hmm. when you can go on Gleam, set up a 10-minute chat with that person. And that's not asking too much of either of you just to see if it's a match. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. So sort of like online speed dating. A little bit. Beautiful. Yeah. We should let her know that that's a good way to say that. I'm sure she already said that herself. I'm prob- Yeah, you're probably right. Hey, Liz, here's something you already thought of. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to celebrate her because she's such a like ambitious entrepreneur and a very kind human being. So follow Liz Warner at Wander Liz. Wow. Great butt of the week. I, I feel like also she's going to be like the CEO of some fucking massive company soon. Yeah, you know well, I mean? don't play board games with her. She's vicious. Oh, okay. Yeah. You um, want to talk about CEO energy? She's the one who is like playing to win, but having fun. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, you, oh, you had, you, I was having a good time and you were just killing me at risk. You're Holy just cow. winning. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, my butt of the week is a new friend, uh, Josh Burstein, who on IG is at J Burst of A. And we were introduced because we got to, we got to go on Josh's awesome show, which is called The Liberal Conspiracy. So Josh has like worked in politics for, I think, two um, administrations, under two terms of the Obama administration. He's just an amazing storyteller. And he uh, decided to create a show that's basically like news that doesn't make you feel bad because he spent so much time around all of the stuff that is just like, Hard to swallow, you know? Fucking politics is tough. So basically the show, The Liberal Conspiracy, introduces you to all sorts of topics where he can like make the tough, complicated issues kind of easy to, and fun to understand. And we got to hang with them on The Liberal Conspiracy and talk uh, cannabis. Yep. And it was a great time. And that episode, I think, will be coming out next week. I think on 420. Yeah. yeah. So follow Jay Burst of A and check out his show, The Liberal Conspiracy. These are good buds of the week. Yeah. Yo, you want to talk about some good buds? Yeah. I just want to shout out Big Bear. Mm. I had such a good time with everybody, and I know y'all listen to this, so I just want to shout out the Big Bear crew. And also, while we're talking about it, I'd like to shout out that bubbler from Elevate that brought us all together. Ooh, I just, I needed that reset and I had such a good time. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, thank you to my sister for making it possible for us to have a safe getaway in this crazy time. And uh, the house was so perfect and it was really lovely to have, you know, like a, a safe, contained, 
fun time with friends and this little bubbler was just like the cutest little bub that ever bubbed. The Elevate <laughs> bubbler is, well, we're doing a giveaway on our Instagram for it right now. If you go check out our IG, they are giving away, it's called the Drift, the new Elevate Drift, and it's actually not even available um, widely yet. We were one of the first um, folks to get to try it out and drop it on our IG. So you can follow them at Elevate Accessories. Check out the giveaway. It's running for another couple of days on our Instagram. And yeah, it's just a sweet little piece. Yo, real talk, everybody was using it. There is nothing better than walking outside on a beautiful spring day, taking a rip out of a bubbler that you believe in, and then going for a long walk with pals. Uh, It was such a nice long walk through the mountains, and there was still snow up there, and it just felt so clean and crisp, and it was perfectly baked, and ah, it was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for the beautiful bubbler. We use it every day (laughs) every freaking day (laughs) yeah yeah and their instagram again is at elevate accessories should we get to our vib our very important button yes rachel burkons oh my god so everyone follow her right away at smoke sip saver rachel is such an incredible person in the industry she's such a fun hang we um got to talk to her the audio might be a little weird because there was some zoom stuff that was happening maybe in the background it's a little crackly she was in a haunted house yes when she was recording so not really her fault <laughs> a lot of ghosts a lot of supernatural beings in there who kept poking prodding opening cabinets i don't think it was that bad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a really good hang, though, and she's so fun. And um, yeah, she's like truly one of my favorite people in the industry because, you know, as we get to in the interview, we talk about like what makes her mad, and she definitely has that like she, stuff pisses her off, but her outlook and the way she chooses to project what she is excited about into the world is always this like sort of sunny, upbeat, positive um, vibe. And it's, it's just, it's really nice. Cause you know, weed beef is real and people, people get upset about stuff as the, as the, you know, we all have a right to, but Rachel just manages to like overcome it with this relentless positivity that I fucking admire. And great content. Yeah. She puts her money where she, her and mouth she's is. fucking funny. Yo. So <laughs> yeah, you know, Should we get to it? Yep. All right. Without further ado, here's our interview with Rachel Birkins. What's up, everyone? We are so excited to be here with our fabulous guest today, Rachel Birkins, co-founder of Altered Plates, cannabis educator, fabulous influencer, all around uh, good time on the internet and off, I imagine, although we don't get to see you in person like we want to, but it's so good to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you both. You guys are some of my favorite cannabis people, and I love everything you do, so I'm very honored to be here with you guys. Can you tell us what you were up to today? So I've had a very full day of uh, washing dishes. Um, That's basically what I do. I'm a creative director slash dishwasher um, for my brother, Chef Holden Jagger, who's my co-founder at Altered Plates. Um, He was cooking all day and we needed to do a little content. Um, It's been a while since we've gotten together to just shoot and talk and you know kind of collab and brainstorm. So he cooked, I think, like seven or eight dishes today and... Yeah, so um, it was a lot of dishes for me to wash, all the pots, all the pans, every sort of spoon you could imagine. Um, But I'm very excited to just be back in the kitchen with my brother. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Okay, quick question, and then we can talk more about altered plates and everything. But rank them. Favorite to wash. Plate, bowl, knife, spoon, fork. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go from worst to best. We're going to go backwards, but I'm going to answer your question. The worst is the spoon. 
The spoon is the worst because it always splashes back up at you. Bowl is similarly bad. <laughs> Bowl sucks. Um, I think the knives are okay. I actually like knives because you can wash a bunch at one time. Yeah, you know, multitask. You've got to just like get in there. Um, forks are okay. Kind of, it's, they take a little more work because you don't want to miss between the the things. And then um, plates. You know, like give me a plate any day. <laughs> any day. Any day. Have to agree, top to bottom, bottom to top. <laughs> How did you and Holden get into the whole altered plates? I mean, it's it's a, one of my favorite things that I've ever gone to was one of your events in Malibu and I was kind of new to California at the time and I had my mind fully and completely blown that night and I don't know if I've ever recovered so can you tell us a little bit about the origins of your company and your business? Well, sure. It started in 1984 when Holden was born because he is my little brother. So I came around first. I won't tell you when, you know, a little bit older. Um, And when he was born, we became siblings. And then fast forward to 2015 when we decided to become business partners. Um, I had been working at the time for Wine and Spirits Publishing Company. And uh, we launched a, a a magazine that was a little different. It was called The Clever Root. And it was designed to bring cannabis and food and wine all into one conversation. Um, And when we launched this, I had been a longtime cannabis user, you know, recreationally, strictly, and I didn't know anything about it. I really didn't. Um, I I just like to get high. So um, Holden, I asked Holden if he would go with me up to Humboldt to launch this magazine, The Clever Root. And we went to an event called the Golden Tarp Awards, which is a light deprivation cannabis competition. (laughs) And on the road trip from Oakland um, to Humboldt, you know, we, we just started talking about cannabis and I was asking all sorts of questions because I didn't know anything. And then by the time we got to Humboldt and had the opportunity to meet with farmers and like understand that there was a burgeoning community and understand that people were using the language of wine and talking about terroir and talking about all of the things that I was already talking about and doing in my professional career. Um, and we saw that that was happening and it was really, really amazing. And basically on the, on the drive back, we smoked a lot of joints and stopped and, you know, had some time in the redwoods and we were like, why aren't we doing this? Um, and Holden at the time was a chef working, um, full time and it was crazy. And we decided to just kind of give it a shot. Um, so, you know, here we are six years later and, we're still trucking and and looking forward to the things that come next for us. What is it like mixing siblings with business? Hmm, do not recommend. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it certainly has its challenges. Um, but at the end of the day, um, Holden and I are very close and we we always have each other's back. So I think that's a really special thing, especially in this industry where there have been a lot of challenges and there are a lot of people who are not necessarily always the best actors. So it's really, really nice to know that at the end of the day, your brother, your family is your business partner and he's not gonna, he's not gonna screw me over. Um, and and if, if we get mad at each other, unfortunately, you know, it tends to be, mom, Holden said this and blah, blah, you know, like it can, it can be a little difficult family drama stuff sometimes, but um, you know, it's not that bad. Can you say a little bit more about the bad actors in the cannabis world? Um, I think that anybody who's worked in the cannabis space for any length of time has probably encountered um, at least one 
or two or three people who are maybe trying to take advantage of them. Um, we've had a lot of people, you know, kind of promise us the world and say, oh, we're going to get this. We're going to do this. We're going to get, yeah, we're going to do this. Um, and of course, you know, six months, nine months in where we've invested a lot of time and energy into something and it's not going anywhere. Um, you know, that sucks. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit of the wild west, you know, I think this is a, a burgeoning industry and it's something where people see opportunity and they want to be a part of it. And if they don't have the means to kind of execute something on their own, they have to find someone they can piggyback on with. So um, it has made us just wiser and more wary of um, the partners we do choose. And um, we're very grateful to also have so many amazing partners who are doing great work and who are working to legitimize this industry and uh, make it a more just and equitable space as well. I don't really mind people who see opportunity in weed. There is so much opportunity in weed and it's exciting because you can, the sky's kind of the limit. If you want to be a creator, if you want to be a cook, if you want to open a dispensary, it can be really hard, but the opportunity is there. It sounds like you just don't appreciate people who are lying to get opportunity. No, that's, that's not for me. I, I don't, I don't think I need that in my, in my daily life anymore, but you're right. There is so much opportunity in this industry because every sort of mainstream category has a place in the cannabis industry as well. There's an opportunity to take every section of, and specifically when it comes to culinary cannabis, I think the sky's the limit. Um, but you can apply what we see in our daily world and just kind of slap some cannabis on it, replace wine or spirits with cannabis, and you can really understand what the world would look like if cannabis was more open. So what are you excited about right now in the food and sip world? The food and sip world. Well, I'm very excited about the cannabis beverage product category as a whole. Um, there's some amazing, very innovative brands coming out there who are doing things like live resin infusions. And obviously, um, nanotechnology has really changed the game for cannabis beverages, which I think is just like the coolest thing. It's replicable to alcohol, essentially, which is awesome. And what the consumer is going to need to really get to that next step um, with cannabis as a normalized socializing sort of thing. Um, and I think also, you know, just the the continued growth of the edibles marketplace is also very exciting to me. Obviously, the nanotechnology that's happening there is great. Um, anytime we can make it an easier product for people to consume without having more questions about how it'll affect them and what that looks like, um, that's wonderful. And I'm really excited to see New York come online with consumption lounges. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I think that that's going to be like a really big game changer and it's going to push the rest of the country to establish regulations. Hello, California, like let's get it together um, where we can have these more social environments for cannabis. Um, so I'm very excited for the future of on-site consumption mostly. Can we do a collab pop-up called Altered Grub and really get it going in New York and California? Sign me up. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think that I think there's something there. I mean, like you guys are like, we've the same concept. We're like weed and food. <laughs> like, let's do this. I think so. So much of what I see you do are just like all of these incredibly inventive and wonderful collaborations, like your collaboration with Elevate Jane, where you're at Smoke Zip Saver, which everyone has to follow on Instagram. Rachel's Instagram is just so 
fun and inspirational and beautiful and positive and always makes me feel better. And you have this collab with Elevate Jane for a cooking contest. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because we got to judge it this time around and it was so fun. I'm so grateful that you guys are judges. Um, yeah, the Elevated 8 is something that came to life last year early on during the pandemic world. And we were all trying to create and do fun and exciting things. Um, and Angela from Elevate Jane and I kind of got together and we were looking at these, you know, cooking shows and competitions. And we were like, well, you know, we can't do something in person. Let's do a virtual cook-off. So we brought together eight chefs from across the country and had them go kind of like tournament bracket style, head to head for three rounds of competition over three weeks. Um, this one that we're just wrapping up now is our fourth round of the Elevated Eight. So we've featured 32 chefs by now. And um, I'm just continually blown away by their talent and their innovation and the way that they're incorporating cannabis into what they're doing. So um, it's been a really exciting program for me to take on because like the first one we did, those eight chefs, like those are people I are all already knew. And now I've had to kind of go out and find these people. And it's been so cool to just like, stumble upon somebody and be like what the heck like you're doing this awesome thing in maine or you're doing this amazing thing in florida and it's just really cool to see that this is way bigger than i even knew that's so crazy to think about rachel like you're the hub because everything's so scattered and so shattered <laughs> with cannabis that like you're a hub, you're a go-to place for all of these chefs and communities to come together, to get to know each other all over the country, all over the world, because I can, I, Instagram's everywhere. That's so crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been really exciting to kind of um, be a leader in this space. And I think that goes back to what we were saying before about how, you know, there is so much opportunity to get out there and make it your own really at this point. So, um, you know, we're making up the rules as we go along a little bit and we're laying the railroad as we're on it. Um, but it's a really exciting thing to get to do. You know, not everybody gets to be at the forefront of an entire industry and movement. So I feel very grateful to have the opportunities that I do and to continue to just kind of get out there and, and talk to people about it. Can you talk a little bit about recipe development? because I love just sort of watching what you come up with and following along online. And I know you've developed recipes for Satori chocolates and it's been great to see those as well. So can you just talk a little bit about like, how do you get into the kitchen and play around and uh, who do you test it on? Well, you know, the, the beauty of cooking with cannabis is that anything can be an edible. Anything can be infused. Um, when you're working with something like an infused olive oil, which is my preferred infusion technique because it could go literally in anything. Um, you're able to think way outside of just like the brownie. So when it comes to recipe development, I'm really just thinking about what I want to do, what I want to cook, what's in season, what I want to make, what sounds fun. Um, you know, I am definitely not the chef in my family. I leave that to Holden. He's like a very, very, very talented chef. Um, but I, I'm a very good home cook and I love to cook for my family. And I think I do a pretty good job. I think I'm pretty decent. Um, and so when I sit to test out recipes, usually they're things that are, I want to be accessible because I think that that's so important too, to be able to give somebody the tools to be like, you can cook with cannabis. Once you know how to make the oil, 
just swap it in for anything. So, you know, whether that's a salad dressing or even if you do want to make brownies, put them in there, just replace the fat with the fat and you're going to be able to infuse anything really, really easily. And I think that that is such a fun thing when people get that and like the light bulb goes on a little bit. Um, so for my recipe development, I am my own tester um, and I am also my own harshest critic. So. <laughs> I hashist. Learned, oh. oh, sorry. I just wanted to make a joke, Mary Jane. Oh, were you going to say hashist and say harshest? Cr- yeah, I was going to do that. Nice. But you had something important to say. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, I just wanted to say that I learned my lesson when Mike and I were making an infused cobbler and we just replaced all of the butter with infused butter instead of maybe doing a portion of it. And I was, you know, I had a great day, but I definitely wasn't able to work. Um, so do you have a recommendation for home chefs with like what sort of what amount to go with when, when working with an infused fat that they've made themselves and isn't necessarily lab tested? Sure. Well, it's definitely the most important thing to try to at least estimate your dosage. So you want to understand the ratio of cannabinoids that you're putting into the volume of whatever you're infusing. That's kind of, it's, it's a little bit of algebra. It's actually, it's not that complicated, but if I started talking numbers to everybody, their eyes would glaze over right now. Um, But you know, definitely at least attempt to find your dose first. If you are not able to access lab tested cannabis, I estimate usually somewhere between 20 to 25% THC. Obviously here in California, we definitely are getting cannabis that's like 32, 33, 35% THC. So if you do have the opportunity to actually look at the COA and understand the total number of cannabinoids in your eighth or whatever, please do so. Um, So once you're able to kind of calculate the ratio of the cannabinoids into the infused volume that you're using, um, I personally recommend making very potent infusions. So you have to use very small amounts. Um, Like you were saying, you can absolutely, if it calls for a cup of butter or a cup of oil, you know, let three quarters of that just be regular butter or regular oil, or even, you know, even more, if you want to make a really concentrated tincture, there's just so many ways you can go about that. But the most important thing, try to estimate your dosage. If you don't know what your starting dose should be, um, start with 2.5 to five milligrams. The same goes for just edibles. If you're starting with that and you're not trying to cook your own infusions and do all the math math on your own, um, 2.5 to five milligrams, and then you kind of can work your way up. But please always be mindful of the fact that when you're eating infused foods, it is processed very differently than when you're smoking cannabinoids. And so it's going to go through your liver and it's going to actually um, go from Delta 9 THC to hydroxy 11, which is a more potent compound. So you're going to feel that much more intensely and it's going to have a delayed onset because it's being processed through your liver and it's going to have a longer duration because it's being processed through your liver and going through your digestive system. So safety um, and do your best to try to calculate your dosage if you are experimenting at home. What do you think about a THC tracker where it's like a Domino's tracker from eating to effects and then you had like two different trackers and one of them was going through your liver and one of them was nanotech and then we we can explain how this all works through a Domino's tracker format. I think that's what I got when I got my um, COVID vaccine. I had them just put one right in there. And so now I actually do know I get a little alert in the back of my neck. It goes, it's coming, Rachel. (laughs) I'm here for that. I think that's a great product. This is a good opportunity to talk about the fact that you have a family and you're in the weed game, 
how does that work for you? You know, that's that's a really great question because so many people have not had any idea that I have uh, kids and a wife and I will occasionally just drop it into conversation with someone I've known for years and they're like, what? Because <laughs> um, I don't talk about it that much. Um, but yes, I have a three and a half year old daughter and a almost nine month old baby and a wife uh, who you actually know kind of, which is such a funny story from the, your time in Chicago, Mike. Um, and we saw each other going home to Missouri on an airplane with my wife one time, which is also really random. Um, but yeah, I uh, being a parent and being in the cannabis space and being a cannabis user, Obviously, um, you know, there's still a lot happening there with the stigmas around that, um, specifically for women, I think. And, um, so, you know, so far I've been very lucky to kind of navigate that without any hard problems or issues. I'm sure that it will continue to be something that as my daughters grow up, um, that experience changes slightly. And I welcome that and I look forward to that. And I think it's just it's really important for me to be able to, um, when it's when it's the right time, talk to them about it in a very normalizing way. Um, you know, my wife does not consume cannabis, which is also, I think, really surprising for most people because I smoke so much. They're like, "What? How does how does that happen?" And that has actually been a really helpful thing for me to realize as a professional um, because she can't hang. Like, it's not that she doesn't like it. It's that it has like a truly like weird physical reaction for her. And by the time I realized that I was like, there is something really individuated about the endocannabinoid system and how people react to cannabis. So it really kind of shifted my thinking to just watch her go through that. Um, so that's been really interesting too, but we make it work. You know, she's got wine. I have wine and weed. That's amazing. Have you ever encountered anyone who has been like sort of old school, like stereotypical sort of shocked that you would dare to consume as a mom? You know, I've been so fortunate that I have not had anything even closely resembling that experience. Um, you know, I think when I started doing this and I would go to Missouri with my wife and her, my, her mom would be like, Rachel's in the marijuana business. Like I think that that was kind of the closest I got to trying to um, like really have to explain myself a little bit. Um, I think it's it's really funny because my my parents, you know, they have both of their, we work together, we're in the cannabis space. So I never really had to like even deal with that within my own family, um, you know? So I've been really fortunate. I definitely had some moments um, back when my daughter was in school where I would like pick her up at the end of the day. And I, you know, I basically like hot box myself in my office like all day long. So I know that I smell like weed. So, you know, nobody ever said anything to me, but I definitely had my own sort of momentary, oh no, I hope nobody, I hope nobody notices. I hope nobody cares. And, um, you know, I think also, I just want to be a really responsible example. Um, I want to be able to talk about things like safety and I want to be able to, you know, really make sure that people understand that this isn't an unsafe behavior. This isn't something for me that sends me into like a uncomatose place. You know, I think that so many people who don't know anything about cannabis 
only know what they saw in movies or only know what they had their own experience like. And they obviously didn't like it that much if they didn't continue down the rabbit hole. So, um, you know, I, I don't want people to think that that's how I'm parenting either if they don't know anything about cannabis. So I think that that's why it is important for me to get out there and smoke weed on Instagram and talk about it and just kind of be like, you can see I'm like a normal functioning mom and, and there's a lot more of us than you thought probably. 100%. And that is a perfect segue into how goddamn good your reels are because your reel game is out of control. I don't know where you find so much sunlight in the world because they are like bright and happy and informative and fun. Rachel, you're behind the scenes, you're in front of the camera, you're shaking up drinks, you're flipping eggs. Who the fuck are you? And where do you find the time? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I find the time? That is the million dollar question. Um, well, thank you, first of all, for the kind words. That's so sweet. Um, you know, Reels has actually been such a fun way for me to create content in a way that I, I never thought I could before. Um, I truly, like, did not know that I could edit a video until I did it. And so um, now that there's apps that make that really easy and I can do it all from my phone, um, I'm actually really proud of myself. So I really appreciate the positive feedback because I do have so much fun doing it. Um, reels for me are just such a great way to just do something so silly, like so, so ridiculous. I was shooting some stuff today with um, some, Holden had a couple of jars of flour that he brought and he saw me at one point, like, I won't, no spoilers here because the reel is coming, but like, there's like a beanie happening on a jar of weed and Holden looks over and he's like, what are you doing? And like, I can't even, I can't even explain because reels for me, it's just like a place to do something so weird and so funny and not, but also I do love to do the educational stuff there too. There's definitely a time and place for talking to the camera, educating people, but I do find that what people gravitate more toward are like really silly things. I love that you learned to speak that language. And also speaking of language, you're an incredible writer. Where does it come from? I mean, it seems like the fountainhead of like language and information and education sort of pours out of you. Do you have, have you always been tapped into storytelling? That has pretty much been my, my gift. I hate not to sound like an egomaniac or anything. I, I try not to, but um, I, yeah, I've just always had a way with words. Um, I have a very early childhood memory of being at some like art museum show. And for some reason I decided that I was going to get up there and do some spoken word poetry that I had to write on the spot. And like, I, I don't even know. I, I just remember that the topic was impressionism. And, you know, I was a kid. I was like, oh, impressions. Like you do impressions. So I did something about someone doing a Bugs Bunny impression. And like all of the adults in this room were like, you know, they're there to talk about impressionism. <laughs> and I'm talking about Bugs Bunny. So like, I think, um, you know, I definitely have a little bit of that shamelessness where I'm not afraid to get up there and say whatever is coming to my mind. Um, but yeah, I love words. I love to talk. I love to write. Um, it's a really great way. And it's such an, it's, it's such a just essential piece of um, mastering sharing information and packaging it together in a way that people can understand and in a way that, um, they can then, you know, apply to their own lives. So I, I do really like that. That's something that's kind of always been my thing. I have very good grades, you know, 
was an English major, you know, no big deal. No, I'm just kidding. But like, um, I, yeah, I, I like to write. I like to talk. I like to do things like this. Talk, talk, talk. Anytime anyone will listen to me talk. Can we get one what's up, doc? What's up, doc? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty great. That's pretty fucking great. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, like a Monet, really. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> I wish the weed industry were full of people like you because, you know, you're uh, just such a joy and, uh, you know, like you're fun. And I think that's, you know, so much of the cannabis industry obviously has to be very serious because of the seriousness of all of all of the, you know, wrongs that have happened to people for the use of the plant. But it's just really nice to see someone who is exuberant and positive in putting out the message and... Um, I don't know what what makes you mad like what are you what do you fight against what do you find yourself combating in the weed industry um i mean i think like many people we all want to see this industry take a more equitable um and you know really do the work to right the wrongs of the war on drugs um and we have to find ways to make that like really touch every level of the industry i think that that's the real challenge i think we see a lot of brands kind of taking on tokenism and you know kind of little small things that they can do but there is a space for this conversation in in every level of the industry and so what we always have done at altered plates we call it tableside activism um you know it's the same thing we're doing with service and we will we will include that part of the conversation in what we're doing when we're talking about cannabis talking about the fact that there's still 40,000 people sitting in jail for this plant. So, um, you know, doing that work is really, really, really important. I'm very grateful to see that there's so much momentum happening behind that right now. I just hope that it continues and that it finds really meaningful legs and a place to kind of really take root. Um, but from a, a, a more sort of personal perspective, I, I just can't, I, I am so over the stereotypes. Um, I, as I shared, I haven't really faced that personally, but it's something that's internalized, I think, in so many people in so many ways. You know, for me to have that moment of going to pick my daughter up for her school where I'm like, oh my gosh, do I smell like weed? Or, you know, um, I, I think I always try to equate cannabis and alcohol. And I think like if I had been at a wine tasting and I would be like, oh, does my breath smell like wine? I might be concerned about that too, you know? So um, I, there's just so many different segments of this internalized stigma that we, I think as a culture are all sort of still fighting against. But, um, you know, by by all continuing to move forward on our own, we're doing the best we can to fight that. I know that last summer you and I kind of got into a bit of an online, you know, no names mentioned here or anything, but there was a cannabis company that kind of like simultaneously pissed both of us off because of the messaging that they were using, which I felt was just like so unhealthy. And um, it was nice to feel like shared outrage with someone that I admire so much because I was like, yeah, Rachel's fucking mad too. Then it's okay for me to be as mad as I am. Flames, flames. So um, like, I know that you feel deeply and passionately about things and that you like put, put a cheerful mean on, but that, you know, there's shit to be mad about. There's absolutely shit to be mad about. And like, I still think about that actually all the time. And I do go back and check up on them. Cause I'm still like, I'm like ready to take down people who piss me off. Like I, I really don't have a lot of tolerance for um, the bad actors, whatever that means um, across the board, really. You know, I just think that it's, it, this is too important. This is, this is an opportunity to get to really change the way we're looking 
at cannabis. So, you know, like, let's do it right. Hell yes. Speaking of mad and angry, I got a text from your brother Holden earlier asking me to ask a very specific question. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Make sure you ask my sister why she tried to poke my eyes out when my parents brought me home when I was a baby. Rachel, what's going on with that? You know, he's just a little shit. <laughs> I, I love that he did that, that little shit. Um, you know, Holden is just uh, like a little brother. You know, you just want to go right into the eyes, right into the eyes. I, I wanted to be an only child, I guess. <laughs> I get it. I, I'm the older of two. And um, I'm not sure what happened when he came home, but I don't think I touched him for a good year. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, now that I have a, you know, I have two kids, I've got a baby and a toddler and my my eldest didn't try to like ever kill the baby. But like, there's a lot of very excited squeezing and touching and hugging and like, you know, very excited. (laughs) (laughs) I I was a big mistake. Uh, I came along 11 years after my sister was born and she was well accustomed to being an only child. And she was just about to get a horse and then she couldn't get a horse because I was born. And so for a very long time, she just called me Nugget, which was the name of the horse. (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to be a Palomino. Oh, well, hopefully she got over that. (laughs) I think she's over it now. (laughs) Some 30 plus years on. Yeah. You owe her a horse. Yeah, I know. Terrible. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, let's talk food. Yeah. We got to talk food to round this out. We have to. Um, Because it is finally, what is it called? Winter, spring? Is it spring? It's spring, yes. Spring has sprung. What what foods are you excited about? What are your hankerings right now? It's going to be picnic season, so what's in that basket? Like, let's talk about all the foods that you are just excited about. And if you're excited about any drinks, because the first time you and I met was at a uh, party, and you were mixing cocktails that were delicious, too. So just give us the rundown of what is your trend. Okay. Well, spring, first of all, for me, I always think peas. I'm always thinking like fresh English peas. I love that bright, beautiful green color. It's like nothing is is as good as that. So I'm always trying to put peas in everything. It's a little early for corn, but I'm going to try to start sneaking some corn into some things just because I really like it. Um, And I feel like, you know, spring for me is actually not my favorite food season. I'm like, really hardcore summer fruit person like i just want all the fruit all summer long um and also winter citrus spring is kind of like if we're at the tail end of winter citrus so the citrus isn't that good um but it's right before my summer bloom i'm gonna have a ton of lemons on my tree this year because my flowers are just exploding so i'm very excited about that um and i think you know picnic basket wise i actually just did a picnic um with my friends alice and clark that high couple um they're super cool i had them come over and we had a little picnic in my backyard and i made sandwiches um the key to packing for a picnic you have to like really think about this because you don't want to carry a bunch of shit. you don't want to bring plates you don't want to bring forks like finger foods, bring little tiny sandwiches that you can have like 10 of and like little snacky foods, things that you can eat with your hands and like not have to leave any trash behind and not have to bring too much stuff with you. So um, picnics, finger foods, always sandwiches. Um, 
We recently um, did some stuff with this um, infused cider, this Malice live resin infused cider that was like honestly so great at the picnic because you just pop it open and it's very sessionable. It feels like a beer. It feels like the type of thing you would sit um, and kind of drink really slowly. Another cannabis beverage that I think would be great for a picnic is Calexo. Um, they're really cool because they have like a larger format bottle. So, you know, you can share a couple of glasses, sit and enjoy the sun. It's really nice. Wowzers. Dang. 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 Okay. I am going to stop filling my picnic basket up with mixed loose nuts and <laughs> asking everyone to grab a handful. You really changed the game for me. Handfuls of pudding next time. Pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everyone find you? Tell us all the things of where we can look for you to do all of the cool stuff. Look for me to do all of the cool things at um, Smoke Sip Saver on Instagram. Uh, you can check out my website, rachelburkhans.com, um, alteredplateshospitality.com, and alteredplateshospitality on Instagram. You're so cool. Everybody, please get involved. And then when is the finals announcement for Elevate Jane? Elevated 8. Elevated 8. I'm sorry. Yes, the Elevated 8 finale is going to be tomorrow, actually. So I don't know when this will air, but it'll be, yes, in the past for, for all y'all listening. Um, it's going to be tomorrow, and we're going to have um, two finalists, The Terpene Table and Baking with Chickens. Make sure to follow both of them. They have done some beautiful food throughout this entire process. Um, and they're going to be entering their desserts that they have made with their Levo infusion devices. Levo sent all eight of our chefs, um, some devices to work with, which is like so cool, so kind, which is like, we really want to make this worthwhile for the chefs. We want this to be something that showcases the chefs and gives them a platform. So I'm so grateful to have sponsors who wanna help them and celebrate them. So uh, we'll be posting the dessert dishes uh, tomorrow at noon. Voting will be open for 24 hours and our judges, including you guys, uh, we'll chime in and get an extra 50 votes per person. It's been such a blast. I mean, I've been just scrolling and drooling for the past couple of weeks. So I'm so excited to see the dessert entries. It's it's going to be really cool. They're very talented. And I'm just so excited to, to kind of be wrapping up another one of these. I can't believe we've already done four of them. Well, by the end of this year, it'll be on TV. And you're going to have to juggle that with everything else you're doing as well. Sell that show. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Rachel. It was awesome to hang and I uh, hope we can kick it in real life at some point soonish. Yes, I would like that. I appreciate you both so much. And um, congratulations on all the amazing things that's been happening in your world. I know you guys work so hard for all of your success. And I'm just very proud to say that I know you guys. So keep on keeping on yourselves. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to follow us, we are at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Our email is wg at weedandgrub.com. Leave us a review. Click five stars on iTunes if that's how you listen to this podcast. And see you all again soon, right? That's yeah, it? That's it. Thanks, okay. everyone. Bye. Bye.